Numbers chapter 8 and verse 1, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, says this. The Lord said to Moses, give Aaron the following instructions. When you set up the seven lamps in the lampstand, place them so their light shines forward in front of the lampstand. So Aaron did this. He set up the seven lamps so they reflected their light forward just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The entire lampstand from its base to its decorative blossoms was made of beaten gold. It was built according to the exact design the Lord had shown Moses. Let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is amazing, Lord. It's awesome. Lord, we thank you that your word is fresh and, and, and new every day. It's active and living, Lord God. It's actively working in our lives, Lord God, each and every day. Father, help me as I unpack your word. Help all of us in here as we hear your word to apply it uh, to our lives. Give us the grace to not only hear it, but to do it again, Lord. Anoint me. Help me. Father, God, I pray that every single person in here, Lord God, would be uh, stirred up, would be convicted, challenged, uh, Lord God, and just uh, helped in whatever way possible, Lord God. We know that your word brings life. It's life-giving and life-changing. So, Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We ask that you would teach us tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. As I was praying, I just thought about, you know, as I'm praying about what God would do tonight, Brother Francis tells us as pastors, as he was, you know, encouraging us, he said, your job as a pastor when you preach is to either make people mad, sad, or glad. He said, if you did one of the three, you did your job. So hopefully tonight you'll be, you'll, one of the three will, will happen. Amen? So if you're mad at me, don't tell me though, okay? So listen, in this scripture, the Lord had gave specific guidelines for the placement of the elaborate lampstand that was to be placed in the tabernacle. And this is the context of the scripture in Numbers chapter 8. The Lord's laying out all kind of regulations for the tabernacle. And he gave specific guidelines on how Aaron and the priests were to set up uh, these lamps in the lampstand. You know, as I read that again this morning, my daily reading time, I, I read over this. And it just reminded me, it's such a great picture of, uh, of, of us as disciples of Christ. As being lamps, I love how it says that we need to, to the, the lamps were to shine their lights forward. And then it says to reflect their lights forward. We know G Jesus likens us to lamps, right? And he likens us to lamps that have a light to shine. Many of y'all familiar with the uh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So I want to look at these two scriptures together tonight, uh, and, and, and I, I want to talk to you about shining your light forward, shining your light forward. See, Jesus uh, did say to let our light shine, but we know that we're not the source of light, right? We're not the source of light. He is. When speaking about Jesus, John said this in John 1, 9. He said, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming to the world. So, right? He said, let your light shine, but we're not the source of light. Correct? It's, it's like we're the moon, right? We're like the moon. The moon gives off light, but the, but the moon's not the source of the light, right? That's, that's basic, I guess what you would call that, like science. Or is it a, astrology? 
Is it astrology, the study of the stars and the moons and all that, right? So we see at night the, the, the moon is, is shining, but the source of it is the sun. It, the moon reflects the sun. It's the same way with us. Look at Numbers 8.3 again. Aaron says, set up the lamp so they reflect the light forward. You see, since the inside of the tabernacle was dark, the light provided by this tree of lamps aided in Israel's worship at the time. That's why they had the lamps in there, because it would get dark in the tabernacle, and it would help them to worship, to bring them into the presence of God, as we were just singing and praying about. You know, in a similar way, the attractive quality of the disciple's life should draw people in this dark world to live and to glorify God. Amen? Right, You see the similarities there? Just as the lamps back in the Old Testament were to help aid in the worship and bring light in a dark place, Jesus said that we are the light of the world and that we are like these lamps and that we should help in a dark world that we all know is getting darker, it seems like, by the day, right? As it's getting darker, our light should shine forward, not just shine randomly, but shine as we move forward to that day to help aid people and to draw people closer to the Lord, to live for him and to glorify him. So how do you let your light shine? I just want to give you three practical ways tonight how to let your light shine. Matthew 5, 16, and let it shine forward. In the new, uh, the new international, the NIV version says this, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So number one, obviously the basic thing that we, the one of the ways we let our, our light shine and Jesus makes it clear is by doing good for others. It's by doing good. The old saying, actions speak louder than words. Is that correct? I like how somebody else says it even better. Modern day, actions speak louder than bumper stickers. Right? Nothing wrong with Christian t-shirts and bumper stickers if you have those. But you know what? Actions speak louder than all those things. What we do is way more powerful than what we say. Now, we got to speak too, and that's going to be my second point. But Jesus said, let your light shine before men so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven, right? Numbers 8.3, let's go back to Numbers now. He said, set up the lampstand so they reflect their light forward. I love that. Every time I read that again, when I read it fresh this morning, it just stirs in me to let your light shine forward. Doing good deeds is shining forward, moving forward, doing something, producing something. We should be doing something in our life, you know, you know, not just what we say and whatnot, but the way that we live and our actions towards other people around us should be shining our light forward. So how do you know your light shining? Well, he said, let your light shine or reflect forward, or it said the lampstands and the tabernacle to do that. So is your light helping someone move forward and closer to the Lord? That's a good test to see if your light's shining. Is it drawing people closer to the Lord? Is it having, is your light having a positive impact on somebody else? And if it's not, then we got to check, you know, to see maybe the batteries are going out in your light. <laughs> right? Shine your light forward, it says. This can be serving people. This can be helping people. This can be reaching out to people, caring for people, loving people, you know, taking people in. And let me say all this is, I mean, we can obviously we can go on and on and on about this. But listen, doing this kind of stuff 
Loving, caring, sharing, reaching people, helping people, being there for them in time of need. And this is the kicker. Not just people you like either. I know, it's hard, right? She's like, I'm done, I'm checking out. Now, you see, I just made her mad. She's laughing, but I think I made her mad right there, right? I think I made her glad and mad all at the same time, right? It's kind of a combination, right? But it's true, it's easy to help people out, well, most of the time, to help people out that you like, right? You know, it, it's, it's people that we don't like or that, that get under our skin that it's hard to shine our light. And it's amazing how the Lord just reminded me of something that just happened just last week. And before I, I, I tell you this story, remember, one thing about our light shining forward, us being like these lamps in the tabernacle, Jesus saying we're like a lamp set up on a hill. You know, just like not only are we shining our lights, when we do this, and it's to help others move forward, we can be an example to those around us, right? So you always got to look at it twofold. Every time we encourage people to, about evangelism or to, 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 to be like Christ or to do something, giving you some kind of action point, not only are you doing something to help somebody else that maybe doesn't know the Lord, has gone away from the Lord, is struggling, but you're being an example to other people, other disciples and other Christians around you. Okay, so as I say this point, now this might seem kind of silly and I'm just going to, Tell you how, you know, you can easily kind of just, you know, get perturbed even <laughs> with, with little ones. So we just got back literally just last night from, from a trip. We actually got blessed and was able to go, uh, snow skiing up in Wisconsin last week. And so, uh, one of the things we, not only skiing, we, me and Cassie did a little bit of skiing. My kids, my girls had never experienced snow before. Praise the Lord. We prayed it snowed up there. It's been see- very, very, unseasonably warm up in Wisconsin. It was 60 degrees in the 60s the week before we prayed. We got there Monday night. It rained all day. Uh, Tuesday, then, then Wednesday, the heavens opened up and it snowed, snowed, snowed all day. Wednesday it was beautiful. It was, I mean, I was, I was telling my wife, it was funny. It was only like 16 mile hour winds and it was snowing hard. And I got to the top of the slopes and this is actually not the story, but just, this is a blessing, a praise report. I'm like, man, I wonder if this is what it's like. It feels like to be like in a blizzard or something. And I was like, I was telling my wife that later. The people up north are probably like, wait, it was what? 16, 16 mile an hour winds? I'm like, that's a blizzard to occasion, okay? I mean, we don't see snow or anything. So to me, it just had the feel of it, but not really. But it was just kind of like it was, it was funny. But anyway, it snowed. It was a blessing. We had a great time. One of the things that my children did and we did and I did with them, this is the point I'm getting to, is um, we went tubing. So if any of y'all had ever been snowing or everything, you know, skiing in the snow, you can either ski or you can tube. You know, you go up and you get just a, a round, you know, like a, a tire tube. They, you go up to the top of the hill and, and you, you tube down. Well, you could connect all the tubes together. And what they do is how they pull you up on the hill is that you can, you can connect all of your tubes like it was me and the twins. You can connect, you connect all of your tubes and then they have this little hook on a conveyor belt and you hook your tube to it and then the conveyor, you sit on your tube and you, the, it pulls you up all the way to the top of the hill. You get off and then, you know, you tube down the hill, right? So, as we were going up, me and Ava and Lair were going up the hill, uh, one, one of the times, there was a little boy that his little, his tube got unhooked, and it was kind of off to the side, and I could hear him before I saw him, and he was saying, help, somebody help me, you know, help me. He wasn't in danger or pain or nothing. He was just saying help because, you know, I got unhooked, and I'm trying to get to the top of the thing. And, and I noticed there was a little boy that earlier was kind of irking me a little bit. Because he was like trying to cut us and he was all at our feet, kept bumping us. And I was like, hey, buddy, can you just back up? And I saw it was that little boy that was, you know, kind of getting under my skin a little bit, you know. And so I saw him off the side and a couple of people had passed him up. And I was just like, 
Yeah, uh-huh, you see that? You know, and I was just like, no. I was like, you know what, I'm not really. And so he was like, help, somebody help. I, I came off. So I have my, my girls with me. So I just grabbed him. I grabbed his tube and started pulling him up with me. And, and he was just like, thank you, thank you so much, thank you, sir. So I just dr- drug him up the hill with us, you know, and pulled him up there. And we got to the top of the hill, and he's like, thank you so much. And so I'm not saying all this to, like, toot my own horn. What, what was really got me about this is that when we got off of the tube and everything, we were walking to go to the top of the hill. I forget which one it was, but one of the ten twins said, Daddy, I was wondering if you was going to help that little boy. She told me that. She's like, I was wondering if you was going to help him. So she was watching. She was watching to see what I would do. And I said, well, yeah, baby. And, I'm, and yeah, and I said, you know, glad I got to help him. And then the other twin said, yeah, because that's what Christians do. I was like, come on now, I'm glad I did the right thing, you know. My girls were on me. They were, you know, they were, they were waiting. It's amazing. Hey, listen, and it made me think, your children are watching you, <laughs> right? Your children are watching you. Your people are watching you. Spe- other people, especially non-believers, they're watching to see how we're going to respond, right? And so, like, I know that was just a silly little thing that that little boy irked me earlier and I helped him out. But seriously, what about the adults in your life that irk you all the time? Our family members or whoever that you're like, no, they, you stuck. That's probably because the Lord is punishing you for what you did, you know, right? No, but we can't be like that. You know, somebody, that's a little, you know, fun, silly story. And, you know, the little boy needed help getting up the hill. But how many people in your life need help getting up the hills that they're facing, the mountains that they're facing? That's a way that you shine your light It's by helping other people, even when you don't feel like it. You know, but just that, I'm so glad that I helped this little boy up. And look, for my little daughters that were like, I was wondering if he was going to help. And, you know, and I was able to be an example for my kids. Amen. We can be an example for others, even when we don't feel like it. Right. We can be an example. We can help others. We can encourage others. It just it just reminds us of that. Jesus said that by doing good to others. Listen to what James said. James 2.18 says, I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds, right? Then in verse 20, he says, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? James had a whole teaching there, and he was saying people were arguing about, well, I got faith and you got good deeds. But James said, you can't separate the two. If we say we're in the faith, if we say we have faith in Christ, you can't separate them. Well, brother, I got faith to move the mountains. That's great. Take your hands and your feet and do something with that faith. Uh, y'all probably heard me say this. I remember hearing Agent Rogers say this years ago. He said, if you're believing in faith for, for God, uh, for a house, you better be saying amen with a hammer in your hand. Right? And, but, but, but you know what? In, in this area of doing good, of shining our light... Right. If you have faith, we should again, it's, it's not by by works that we're saved. Again, I read this that this morning as well in, in Ephesians chapter two. I was reading through that. And, and just again, he was just honing in on we're saved by grace alone. Right. Period. There's nothing we can do to be saved, to be right with God. But once we are saved, again, our deeds are our, 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 um, our good works, so to speak. Those works is doing good to others. And that's how we shine our life. That's how, you know. That's how we proclaim the Lord to others, by our love, by our actions. It could be something as little as what happened last week, or it can be something major. But that's how you shine your light forward. Again, are you helping people move forward by your light? I know these scriptures are talking about faith, but our faith is in the light, so it applies here. 
You know what? People can't see your light unless you show them. People can't see your light unless you show them. You can tell them you have the light, but they won't see it unless you show them, right? They they won't see it. It's not going to help. It's not going to help. You know, if it's completely dark in the house and you, you can tell me you have a flashlight and that's great and everything. But until you turn that thing on and help me not stub my toe on the wall or run into something, it does me no good for me to know you have a flashlight in your pocket. What helps me is when you take it out and you turn it on and help me navigate through the dark house. We need to let our light shine and show people, help them navigate through a dark world. Amen. So we shine a lot forward by doing good for others. Number two, of course, we do have to tell them. We, we need to tell people about the light. Part of it is what we show them, which by the way, this is, this is the right order. Again, Pastor Todd says it all the time. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, it's better to show people the love of Jesus before telling them. Because they're going to be more amped to listen to you and listen to the gospel and listen to what you have to say if they, you show them that you really love them, if you show them that you really care. Again, you're, you're, the Bible says your gift will make a way for you. So when you do something for someone, you know what, that makes a way and it opens people up to tell them about the Lord. Amen? So we have to do number one before we, we do number two or to be more effective at number two, should I say. John 1.8 says this, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. Amen. He was a witness to tell about the light. What is a witness? In the court of law, a witness tells their side of the story, right? You, you, you get on the witness stand and you tell what you saw. You tell your side of the story. Listen, I know a lot of times people get caught up in this area like, well, Brandon, man, I don't, I don't know the Bible like y'all do. I don't, I don't know all those scriptures, you know, and, and I don't know if people ask me these questions and people, I hear a lot of people get scared to tell people about the Lord because what if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer? Here's how you respond. You ready? You might want to write this down. It's powerful. This is what you tell them. I don't know. It's okay. You could tell them, I don't know. I still tell people, you know what? I don't know. That's a great question, but I'll try to find out for you. It's okay to say, I don't know, right? Let me release you. It's okay. I still tell people, I don't know. I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not going to try, well, you know, it says in um, Leviticus that, uh, you know, no, don't just say, hey, man, I don't know. That's a great question, but I'll try to find out for you. Listen, but this is the thing. A lot of times people get scared about if I share Jesus, with me, if I share the Bible, people are going to argue with the Bible. What if they know more about the Bible than me? It's okay. Listen, it says that John was a witness to the light. Again, a witness is telling your side of the story. You know, one of the most powerful sermons in the Bible, and I love it. I love it. I relate to this guy so much. It's the man that Jesus healed. He was blind, and Jesus healed him, and, and the Pharisees got all the feathers all ruffled, and they, they pulled him before the council, and they start asking him all kind of questions. Who is this? man that healed you what kind of man was he was he a sinner we I mean we know whether you know where the prophets came from and where well we don't know where this man comes from they start asking him all kind of questions and they he he can't answer them so they take his parents and they say hey is this your son yes is my son was he blind since birth yes he was blind well who healed him and they didn't want to answer they were scared of the Pharisees I don't know he's a grown man ask him yourself so they pull the man back in before the Pharisees and they're like so what happened tell us again tell us again how you were healed what did this man do and like by this 
this time this guy was fed up and he said, listen, man, why you keep asking me these questions? Y'all must want to be his disciples too. Then he really pushed their buttons. Then guys got all aggravated. They got all mad. They started, you know, he said, listen, I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know where he comes from. All I know is this. I was blind. Now I can see. Amen. That's one of the most powerful witnessing encounters in the Bible. This man didn't know Jesus from from Adam, from anybody. He didn't know anything. All he knew is this man came into his life and his life was radically transformed. And that's all he needed to tell them. Now, they didn't receive it. They got all mad. They kicked him out. And they're like, because he starts preaching to them, you know, he's like, do you want to be their disciples? We know. And he just, I love that story, you know, and they get all mad and they kick him out. Because again, they knew all the word and all the law and all that stuff. But this man simply had an encounter with Jesus and his life was forever transformed. And so he was a witness. He said, all I know is this. I was blind, now I can see. Listen, you telling people about Jesus, you shining your light is just letting them know. How did God change your life? How did Jesus transform your life? Matter of fact, in the growth track, which I I teach the second class, I'll be teaching it this Sunday, and I share this with him, and I'm like, listen, it's very simple. I can can share with you, many of y'all have heard it, but I I tell people, listen, man, you know, when I share with people about the Lord, man, I was, you know, I was a drug addict, I was an alcoholic, man, I was depressed, I was, felt lonely, I didn't have no purpose, and I was just, my life was messed up, and then, man, I came, I literally, I walked down this aisle and stood right here at the altar, you know, almost 15 years ago, and I finally just gave my life to Christ. I repented. I asked him to forgive me of my sins. And something happened right here at this altar and my life was transformed. And I, I tell you what, I, I don't know all the details of how that happened. And some of it was a process. Some of this stuff just went out of my life overnight. Other stuff was a process. But all I know is this, God began to transform my life. And I'm not the same person today as I was 15 years ago. I was blind. Now I can see. That took all but what? Like 30 seconds, right? A minute. I mean, of course, I can go into more detail, but listen, to, to tell people about the light, to tell people about Jesus, don't be intimidated that you don't know all the Bible, that they might have questions you can't answer. You know, just like the blind man, just let them know, listen, I was blind, now I can see. H- how were you before you came to Christ? What were some of the things that were hindering you? What some of your, your, you know, it might have not been, hey, you might have not been like me, a drug addict and alcoholic, but man, maybe you were depressed. Maybe you had some serious marriage issues, some family issues. We, we hear there's so many different testimonies, you know, of how, you know, the Lord transformed your life. Maybe you grew up in church and hey, that, when we were youth pastors, we'd hear that. Yeah, but you know, Pastor Brandon, I don't have a good testimony like you. I'm like, what's a good testimony? Have you been serving the Lord? Yeah, you've been in church. Yeah, did you ever go out? No, that's a great testimony that you never went away from the Lord. That's, that's awesome. Hey, you know what? I t- the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you've been serving the Lord and you know how good God is and you grew up in church and you never wanted to go away from him, that's a powerful testimony. Not, your, your, your story is not going to be just like mine. It may be similar, but you know, you'd be surprised. A lot of times I've preached and I've shared my testimony just quick like that or, or expounded. And, and I, I, you know, I spend hours preparing a message and I'm breaking down the Greek and telling this is what the Greek means and it means this, that, and the other. And somebody will come up to me after and say, man, man, it's so good to hear that. You know, I, I've been struggling with drugs. And I call, they don't remember anything else I said, but they remember my testimony. And it's like, man, I've been struggling with drugs. Can you pray for me? Man, I, it, that, it, it gives me hope that you were once like that. Now I'm seeing you up there. They don't remember all the Greek and the scriptures I quoted, but they remembered my story. They remembered my testimony. They remembered all I'm doing is I'm being a witness to what 
the Lord has done in my life. And I'm giving them hope that he can do the same thing for them. You know, because, because there's been times, because I do preach on a regular basis, that I, I thought, man, am I sharing my testimony too much? I mean, the, the church has heard my story before. But you know what? When I get that one person that comes up to me and I see that it gave them hope, that I shared my story, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to continue to share my story. And, hey, I appreciate y'all being gracious and hearing it 25, 30, 50 times. But, hey, if it helps one person, I want to continue to share it. Amen? You might be in here tonight. Let me just stop and say that. And you maybe have struggled with drugs and alcohol for years or some kind of maybe maybe you have you struggle with pornography or some kind of other some kind of other hindrance or something that has kept you and held you back that you just can't seem to shake I want to give you hope tonight I was that person for 10 years and the Lord once again he met me right there I can point to the exact spot right there on a Wednesday night similar to tonight and my life got radically changed and radically transformed if that's you tonight you say man I just I can't seem to get over I'd love to talk to you after I'd love to pray with you I want to offer you hope I want to offer you hope tonight that, listen, you know what? I'm nothing special. I'm a country boy from Grand Bois. You probably, most of y'all don't even know where that's at, probably. It's the outskirts of Bro Bridge. You know, I, I, I don't have, a, I don't have a, a college education. I never went to seminary. I, you know, I, I'm amazed that I'm, that I'm up here again tonight. Almost 15 years later, I have to come stumbling in here. My mom prayed for me years and loved on me. And, and, and that night, that night, my life changed and my eternity changed. So I just want to give you hope. I just, you know, and I want to encourage those of y'all in here. You can share your story. You can be a witness. Amen? Amen. You can do this in your everyday life. Listen, I think about Miss Karen, went to be with the Lord. Uh, y'all have heard me talk about her before, and she used to come to church. And this lady had LAS. She couldn't even speak anymore, y'all, and she was still telling people about Jesus. Amen? She would type with her eyes on a computer screen. She was on Facebook. She would email. She would be on Facebook. And she was still being a witness. She was telling people about Jesus without being able to speak. So it bears the question, what is our excuse? And she was a powerful witness to the day that she went to be with the Lord. I was honored to be able to do her funeral service. And listen, we can all do that. It can be in person or in this day and age again. It could be social media. I mean, listen, with all the negativity that's going on on social media nowadays, you know, I was thinking about this. A lot of people I heard say, oh, man, I can't wait till these elections are over and this and that. Well, I think it's gotten worse since the election's been over. It's just ramped up, right? The negativity, the back and forth is just, it's just crazy. It's crazy the things you see online on the internet. So listen, in a day and age with all this darkness, shouldn't we flood these social media sites with light, right? I mean, there's, you, don't, you don't know, you know, again, what, 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 what you can do. So pray, ask the Lord to be creative. Ask him, give him, ask him to give you creative ideas of how to tell people about Jesus, right? Ask him to be creative. Okay, I'm going to brag on my kids one more time. Can I do that? Is that all right? So this, as a parent, just really just blesses us. And my wife brought it to my attention. Before we left Wisconsin in the, in the you know, condo we were staying at, my youngest, my, my little one, Bella, Cassie, she said, I have to show you something. I said, okay, what? She took a picture of a little note. Bella had went in her room and she took one of the little, you know, notepads and we were checking out that day and she starts writing on the note. She wrote, I, I probably should have read the whole thing, you know, wrote, but she basically said, if you don't know the Lord, you can pray. Just repeat after me, dear Lord. And it was so cute. She spelled it D-E-E-R. <laughs> dear Lord, I ask you to forgive me my sins. She basically had an invitation for salvation, encouraging, hoping that the person who cleaned the room would say, 
Please forgive me my sins. Come into my heart. I know that I'm a sinner. Please clean. I mean, seven years old. We, we did not tell her to do that. We, she just, uh, just, she got stirred up and knew somebody would come. My wife's crying in the front row. I'm making her. But that blesses me. Listen, she thought, you know what? Seven years old, I can write a note and hopefully somebody can read this and get saved. So, of course, we start like, Bella, this is awesome, you know, and take, take pictures. I was like, send me that picture, you know, take pictures of it. I, I should have probably, I have it on my phone. I could read it, but it didn't stop there. So we was all rejoicing, and we said, look, we're going to pray over this thing and pray that somebody reads this and either gets saved or comes back to the Lord, you know. And then before we left, you know, my son, he went and he wrote one in, in, a, in his room. And then so we went and we started drive. We drove up there, so we drove back home, and we had stayed at another hotel another night somewhere else. And uh, we were going through all the, the drawers and everything to, you know, make sure, you know, you do double check, you know. And I had showed them uh, in one of the rooms I had showed them the Bible, how the Gideons leave a Bible. And we turned it and left it open to John 3.16. So on the, one of the last nights we stayed there, one of the twins, uh, Ava, she had took it out before we was leaving. I went by, she had took the Bible and she wrote her some notes. The first little sticky note she wrote on the top, it says, you need to read this book. <laughs> and it was at the top. And then... She, she wrote another note, and again, she had her own. She said, you might know the Lord, and that's great, but if you don't, I just want, and she had her own little note of how to get saved and everything, and, and it was so cute because I think even Bella, they were like, and, and if you want to, you don't have to, only if you want to, you know, and so, listen, these are children. I mean, this, as a dad, of course, I'm going to brag on my kids. I'm a proud papa up here, right? You know, amen? But listen, if seven and eight and 11-year-old children can be creative on how to tell people about Jesus, come on, y'all know where I'm going. Come on, somebody. We can be creative too, right? We can leave little notes. We can, you know what I mean? We can, we can do something. I mean, hey, listen, there's ways the Lord can help us to be creative, right? Listen, it reminds me of the scripture, Ephesians 5, 16. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Amen? Make the most of every opportunity. Y'all. There's opportunities every single day for us to shine our light, right? Isn't that right? I mean, I know we want to get prayed up and want to pray and fast, and, we're gonna, and we need to do all that's great, get prepared. But listen, if we just are, like Pastor Todd says, if our spiritual antennas are open, we have opportunities every day to share the Lord. You can invite people to come where the light's going to be, right? Church services, life groups, ladies' conference next weekend. I mean, these, these events, these services we have, we have life groups, you know, a, a major event like that. Listen, encourage people. That's how you share the light. Amen? You can tell people about the Lord. And then number three, the third and final thing, one of the ways that you uh, let your light shine forward is by refusing to allow darkness in your life. It's by refusing to let darkness in your life. Ephesians 5, 8, 9 says this, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right. And true. Look, one of the main ways, one of the one of the main ways that we do this is by letting the Lord make us and mold us and form us just like that lampstand. Let's go back to Numbers chapter 8. Now I love this. Look what it says in Numbers 8, 4. It says, the entire lampstand from its base to its decorative blossoms were made of beaten gold. You got to form go right in the fire we got that somebody has to has to beat it like what so what, what are you saying you want allow the lord to beat on you well not really but the best thing we can do is allow the lord to work on us 
Just like a craftsman had to work and form and make these lampstands, it was made out of, out of beaten gold. We need to allow the Lord to, to work in our lives and to point things out to, in a sense, you know, uh, you know, beat out all the, all the junk, all the darkness. You know, just like with gold, again, in the fire, all the, all the trash and stuff comes, comes to the surface and then you get this beautiful gold material. We, know, we need to make sure that we don't have any darkness in us. We need to let the Lord form us and fashion us and make us and mold us into who he wants us to be. Because the more that he fashions and works on us, the greater our light can shine. The better we can hold that lamp up and shine and reflect that light forward, right? Paul says it this way in 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Amen? We must keep our lives pure without allowing any darkness in it. I like how Luke, Jesus says it in Luke eleven thirty six. 36. He says this, if you are filled with light, look at this, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling your life. I love how Jesus emphasizes no dark corners. You know, this darkness, a, a, a corner, these, the, the, this darkness is where you know, people can't see it outwardly, but you have some darkness hidden away in your life somewhere. That's why he says, put that back up, Doug, if you don't mind, with no dark corners. Let, your love, let, let you be filled with light with no dark corners. You know, there's some things that are obvious, people walking in darkness, living in darkness. There's some things that are very blatant. You know, again, before I come to know Christ, I mean, you can tell by my language that I was full of darkness. You can probably tell if you'd see me stumbling around or just my lifestyle. But, you know, there's other things that nobody knows about except us and the Lord. And even though it's not visible to other people, if there's some dark corners hidden away in our life, it will still affect the amount of light and the strength of the light that is going to be reflected off of us. Are you following me? It's still going to affect us. So that's why Jesus says, let there be no dark corners in your life. And going back to what Timothy said, listen, I don't want to be a cheap lamp. I want to be ready for the Lord to use it in every situation my life he said if, if you're if, if you uh are pure with no darkness in you you'll be like that expensive you know pottery or clay or lampstand ready for every good work we, we need to continue to stay ready not just get ready we need to stay ready right so I don't know about you, but I want to be ready for the Lord to use me in every situation. I know those of y'all that have been in church a long time, and even now, and probably even here in Children's Church, we've all either heard or sang a very unbiblical song that goes something like this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? If you like that song, I'm sorry, but it, that's, that's doctrinally incorrect, right? Come on, I'm trying to be light here. That's, that's a joke, y'all don't <laughs> Everybody's looking. See, I'm just made y'all mad. Y'all all like that song, right? Like, don't mess with my little light song, Brandon. I'm sorry. But Jesus said he don't want us to just have a little light, right? Look what he says again in Luke. Put that back up again. He says he wants our light to be like a floodlight. You know what a floodlight is? A floodlight can shine very, very bright 
and can go very far distances. As, as a hunter, we get up early in the morning, get in boats, and it's completely dark, and somebody got to have a floodlight to see where we're going. But that, or a Q-beam, somebody, some people call it, you can call it, that light can shine so far ahead of you and show you everything in the water. It can point in the woods. You can see every. That's the kind of, that's the image. And again, that's the image he has. It's not just like a little light, like you turn a little bitty light on and, you know, and, and you can see. No, he wants us to be like a floodlight. I want a big light. Again, if you like that song, you can still sing it. It's okay. I don't think, you know. But he don't want us just to have a little light. He wants us to have a big light, a flood light, you know, to be like, so your whole life will be radiant. That sounds like something like the sun, right? The sun gives off radiant light, radiant heat. And again, we are to reflect, just like the moon reflects the sun, we are to reflect the light of the Lord. Amen? Why don't you please stand with me? In John chapter 12 and verse 36, Jesus said this. <clears throat> Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Speaking of himself. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you'll become children of the light. After saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from him. He's talking, speaking of himself, that we must put our trust in him. And then we can become children of the light. So tonight, as I've been talking about shining your light, shining your light forward, maybe you don't even have any light in you because you're not a child of the light. Maybe you've never put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you, you've, you've, you, don't, you don't have that light. You say, well, Brandon, I feel like my life is more full of darkness than it is light or that there's any light. I just feel like there's, there's darkness. I've never put my trust in Jesus. I've never asked the Lord to forgive me. Why don't you do me a favor, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just take a minute to, to pray right now and, and just, just seek the Lord. Just begin to ask the Lord. Have you, have you trusted in him? Are you a child of the light? Are you, do you know for sure that, that you are, you are a, a child, a son or the daughter of the most high God? Listen, I know a misconception is that we're all children of God. That's not what the Bible says. We're all God's creation. But it says only those that call upon the Lord to be saved are adopted in and have the rights to be called sons of God or sons and daughters. Now, the Lord loves you so much, John 3, 16 says, that he sent his son that anybody who would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So God does love you. He loves you and he sent his son for you. He wants to adopt you into the family. But you must trust him. You must repent of your sins and trust him. Ask, you to, ask him to forgive you and to save you. Whatever head bowed and every eye is closed, you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm a child of God. If I'm a child of the light, I, I feel like there's maybe more darkness in my life. And I need to, I need to be right with God. If you, if you, you know, if this was your last night on the earth, where would you spend eternity? Do you know? Are you certain? I remember my mom asking me, if you died, honey, where would you go, heaven or hell? And I said, you know, mom, I don't know. And she was shot straight with me out of love. She said, if you don't know, that means you're going to the wrong place. And she was absolutely right. So if you don't know tonight, you say, Brandon, I'm not absolutely sure that I know the Lord, that I, that I've, that I, I would be eternally secure and spend eternity with Jesus. But I want to make sure. I want to get right with God. I want to trust Jesus with my life and with my eternity. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, Brandon, I need to get right with God. Could you pray for me? If that's you, I want to see your hand. And I'd like to pray for you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Say, so, Brandon, I need to get right. 
I need to be saved. We're going to wait and just take take a few. I see your hand right here. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you. This young lady right here. Anybody else say, Brian, I need to get right with the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this soul right here. This young lady that wants to be right with you. Okay. Well, if you say, Brandon, you know what? I, it, maybe you've known the Lord, but you've went away from him. And you say, you know what? I, I, I've, I've known God. I've walked with Jesus before. But you know what? I haven't been right with him. I haven't been walking with him. I haven't been, you know, I've allowed darkness into my life. And I needed to get it out. If that's you, why don't you just slip up your hand and say, I want to just rededicate. I want to make a fresh start with the Lord tonight. I just want to make a fresh start. I've known the Lord. I see your hand right here, ma'am. Anybody else? I just I want to make a fresh start. I see your hand in the back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, come on, for all of you that raised your hands, come on, let's just pray. And we're going to pray and ask the Lord as a family. We talked about that we're family earlier. Come on, we're going to pray. The Bible says this in Luke eleven thirty five. Jesus said, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. So come on, we're going to pray together. Let's pray. And if you believe this in your heart, those of you that raise your hands, that, that Jesus died on the cross to take your place, you believe and confess with your mouth, the Bible says you will be saved and you will be made right with God and that the Lord will grant you eternal life. And But he wants to be with you in this life as well, to walk with you and help you. So come on, let's pray together. Why don't you just repeat after me? Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've sinned. And Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for taking my place. I thank you for taking my shame. I thank you for taking my punishment. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would save me. I ask that you would heal me. I ask that you would help me. I got to live for you all the days of my life. Lord, let there be no dark corners in my life. Flood me with your light and help me to reflect your light this day forward. I thank you for saving me and I thank you for being with me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hey, for those of you that raised your hand, do me a favor. We have a we have a card in the pew in front of you. It, it's a card with a green stripe on the top. It says, I made a decision. Even if you prayed that for the first time or maybe rededicated your life, why don't you go ahead and fill that out and do me a favor. On your way out, you can either drop it in one of the boxes in the info center in the lobby. And if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. You can bring it up here. Me and my wife and I, we'd love to pray with you and, and to help you get started on your walk with the Lord or get back on track with the Lord. So listen, as we close, uh, we're just going to open up the altars. And, and along the lines of what we talked about tonight, you know, if you need boldness in telling people about Jesus or even just sharing your testimony, we'd love to pray with you. Maybe you, you want to pray about how to be creative in doing good deeds and helping others. Or, you know, maybe there's some darkness in your life. You know, you're, you say, Brandon, I'm saved. I'm a born-again believer. But I have some darkness. I've allowed some, some things. Some, there's still some dark corners in my life. And, and you know what? I want to be free of those things. Uh, and you want us to pray for you or pray with you about any of these things or anything else will be up here. Let me go ahead and pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for everyone here tonight. I pray your grace, your power, your blessing, Lord, help us as we walk out of here and move forward with our life, that we would shine our lights forward by our good deeds, by telling others about you and and to be a strong witness for you. Lord, you said in Acts 1-8 that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we would be your witnesses. Holy Spirit, we ask for your power to be a strong witness for you. Lord, help us not to allow any 
darkness, any dark corners in our life, that we would be flooded with light and liberty and the love of the Lord, that we can be more effective and be more like you. I pray your blessing and your protection upon everyone as they go tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening.